and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky, where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. This week we are talking all things career change, which I know is a huge challenge for so many of you. And when we become mums, I think it can become really apparent quite quickly that our old jobs and old ways of working just don't work anymore, whether that's the high cost of childcare or the commute or the long hours. I think it's such a natural time to step back, pause, reflect on what we're doing and ask ourselves that big question, which is, you know, does my work work for me? Is it fulfilling me? So I really, really was keen to get our next guest on, who is Loretta E. Onhor, who runs a business called The Ambitious Plan, which is a digital platform for people wanting to change careers. Now, Loretta has changed careers five times, so she really does know what she's talking about. She's also a coach, as well as running The Ambition Plan. So we talk about her career changes. You know, she has had five career changes and six different jobs. So we talk about that, how she's made those changes, why she's made those changes and what she's learnt along the way. I literally say, if you don't know where you're going, there's no point. You're just going to be whipping your tail in circles and you're worrying about things that aren't going to happen and you don't even know where you want to go. So it was just getting clear on, as we said, the what, what does success look like to you and why? Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to make the change? Then once you've got that, it's then drilling down again, don't worry about childcare, don't worry about money, just leave all that to one side and just look at putting your plan into action in terms of formulating this dream scenario. She gives loads of practical, which I really appreciated, advice and tips from how to get a mentor to how to stage a transition from one career to the next. It's about lining up. So I say the three ways you can make this change. There's the start from scratch and go and find a new job in a new field, retrain, etc. There is creating your own job, which is where you're bringing all these values and you say, what do I like to do? And then you work it out from there. And then the other stage is moving from where you are already laterally. I found our chat really inspirational, especially when we were talking about confidence and just going for it. And I think Loretta is an example of someone who, you know, when you can have that level of confidence and get over fear, and we talk about fear quite a lot as well, then anything is possible. And I'd love you to take that away from today's episode that you can, you really can be, do and have whatever you want. It's just a matter of getting over that fear, finding that inner confidence and belief and going for it. So I hope you find this episode really inspiring. If you did, then please let us know. Pop over to Instagram and let Loretta and I know what you thought about our chat. Have you transitioned out of a career? Are you wanting to transition or are you perfectly happy with where you're working? Let us know. Let's carry on the conversation after the episode. Here it is. So, Loretta, welcome to the Motherkind podcast. I'm so excited to have you here this morning. Thank you. Excited to be here. So, we are going to chat all things career change, which, when I chat to mums, is just such a big, hot topic. So, I'm really excited to dig into it. But you're a bit of a queen of the career change. (laughs) So, Loretta's had four (laughs) careers, is that right? Technically, six careers, five changes. But they are kind of related, some of them. So talk <laughs> us through your journey to being sat 
on my sofa doing a podcast about career change. Okay. <laughs> How have you so, got here? <laughs> I started life as a doctor. Didn't love it. So I went to medical school, got out. I didn't want to carry on. Everyone said, do it, see what it's like. So I practiced for a year. Really, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I wanted to do something more creative and there wasn't a lot of scope for that. And at that time, I was really into fashion. But I quit my job as a doctor, which was scandalous when I did it, and went to fashion school. <laughs> and so I became a fashion stylist, did a fashion marketing degree at London College of Fashion, did some work with people like Netta Porte, did some freelance styling. I actually had like a little styling business. It's quite cringy when I think about it now. But again, it was too far the other direction. Right. I'd gone so far away from sort of the science and the facts that I felt really lost. And I've always liked writing. I've always liked a lot of things. This is the problem. I like a lot of things. So I thought, journalism, that sounds quite good. So, <laughs> so I went and I started working on medical newswires because obviously I had the medical qualification and they just let me loose. I started doing that, trade articles. I felt like a bit of an imposter. So I went back to uni and got a master's in journalism, which opened an opportunity to get into TV because you could do an internship at CNN and I got the internship. So I went in and I did that. And then they let me stay. So I started producing. Then I ended up doing broadcast journalism for three years. But because I fell into it again, it got to the stage where I looked back and I thought, it's a very depressing area because it's news and it's hard news. So you're thinking about people being bombed and you're like, you look forward to bad things happening to people because then you have a story. It was a horrible atmosphere to be in. So then I left that. And then I kind of sat and I thought, what do I want to do? Oh, I had a first degree that was human genetics with nutritional genomics. And I've always been in sort of health and fitness, love my nutrition. I got a big sort of weight loss story in the background. So I thought, let's focus on that. So I did a little more training and got certified as nutritional medicine practitioner. So I set up a nutrition consultancy and started doing some nutritional consulting, which took me back to that one-to-one caregiving role that I hated in medicine. So after sort of 18 months of that, I realized I don't want to be the caregiver. So... Back to the drawing board. I went back into journalism for a little bit to kind of get my head together, which is when I was working as a magazine editor. And then I got really annoyed with just the lack of support that I felt. I felt like I had to keep explaining myself about my career changes. I had to keep using American websites to get advice. It was just very fragmented. I went to different career coaches and would do some work and then I'd be on my own afterward. And I thought, why isn't there just one place that you can do all of this. You can get clarity, you can get support, you can get coaching, and then you can find the job you need. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to start it. And that's how the Ambition Plan was born. Which is your new career change site. That that's right. Launched. Yeah. Okay. So it's sort of a digital platform and it's partnered with an event series. And that's the whole point. It's for women, I say millennials, but let's be honest, it can be anyone who is in a job they don't find fulfilling and they want to move into a creative industry. And we focus more on media, tech, design, film and fashion and we just support them through that process. So it's advice articles, they're different resources, we have a career coaching directory where you can get one-to-one coaching either with myself or with other coaches. We run events that specialise in giving you advice on how to break into whatever industry you want to get into and I'm about to launch a job shadowing service where you can pop along for one day and shadow someone doing your dream job just so you know what it really involves. That's a really good idea. Yes, that's the plan. Wow, it's a big plan. <laughs> Let's go back then to all your career changes. Yeah. What were you seeking all that time that you couldn't find, that you kept changing, and, and do you think you found it now? Yes, I think I found it now. And I think what I was seeking was meaning or fulfilment. Just for there to be a point to the job I'm doing that's more than collecting money and looking good to other people. 
Okay, so what's that inner journey then that you went on to get to that? Because that's quite a transition, isn't it? And I think that's so common that we do jobs for the title or the accolade or because what we think we should be doing. How did you get to that point where you felt strong enough to transition to please you rather than others? I think it's when I achieved what I wanted to achieve. Ask anyone who knows me, I go in 100%. You know, when I was in medicine, I got the top job at the top hospital that everyone wanted. So when I walked away, everyone was like, this is crazy. This is a job people will literally kill for. Why are you leaving it? Because I got that and I still felt really unhappy. Did a part of you need that validation? Yeah, I needed to be the best, essentially. I've always been sort of a high achiever. And that's another problem with med school. They feed you this story that you are the best in the country. You are the brightest and the most intelligent. And you get that for six years. You're almost brainwashed and thinking, I'm amazing. So yeah, so once you've got all that and you're, oh my God, I'm so brilliant. And then you're still actually unhappy. Then you start thinking, Mm. does it matter what everyone externally thinks about me? I think that's such a common story, isn't it? I was the same. I was such a high achiever. And I remember gunning for a first at uni. And today, one of the most poignant days of my life is the day that I got that first because I remember going home and crying because I didn't feel any different and I thought it would make me feel acceptable better and I didn't feel any different and that was the start of my inner change I think because I thought hang on a minute I thought this would give me something and it's not yeah so then what should we be should again it's not a helpful word but (laughs) what can we be aiming for with our careers you talked about fulfillment yeah I think the first thing is a big turning point for me was when I sat down with a coach and she kind of said what do you want oh I want to be successful I want to be happy define that what What is that that? and that was the first time I thought what does success mean to me it's not external I know that now so what is it and I think that's the first place to start it was doing something bigger than myself and making a difference to other people because that's the point I've always said I want to leave a legacy you know in some way I don't know if that's through kids. I don't know if it's through having a business and passing it down to someone, but I just thought I want the world to know that I've been here when I'm not here anymore. For me, making a difference was a big thing, definitely. So I do think that's really important for, you know, if you're feeling lost and you're trying to work out what you want to do, it's just having that conversation with yourself. Yeah. Writing, literally and you don't necessarily down. need a coach to do that. Yeah. I know we're both coaches and we probably shouldn't <laughs> say this. We're doing ourselves out of a job, but you don't. You can just buy a journal or a piece of the kid's colouring book or something <laughs> and then write out, what do I really want? Yeah. What would make me feel alive? What does success look like yeah. to me? The trick is, and sometimes I think why well, it is helpful to have a coach there, is because so often we're brainwashed with what we think success mm-hmm. should look like. Yeah six-figure salaries big houses big cars big titles and actually for most of us for me certainly that didn't do it for me same as sounds like for you yeah yeah I think the why is also a big thing I think that's the thing that was the turning point for me because when you define success you still say oh well I want to do this I want to do that and then when I was asked why it all comes down to well actually I just want to be happy and then it's do you need all the outside stuff to be happy or if you could just be happy would you just buy and I thought actually I would just bypass the happiness without all of the external adulation and the prizes and the money and the jobs. So, yeah, I think once Mm. you realise that, then... Mm. One of my favourite coaches is someone called Danielle Laporte. Have you heard of her yet? I've actually just started getting Of course you have. (laughs) And she talks about all of us are just doing things that make us want to feel something. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting, isn't it, with careers? It's how do you want to feel, focus on that, and then maybe the... The how will we'll naturally. Work. Oh my God, yeah. yes. That's a bit of a big turning point for me is just getting out of the how. Because I'm someone who always just get really overwhelmed. 
trying to achieve stuff and I try and plan like how am I going to get the how and what I've noticed my life has You're changed. You're a controller. Yes but once I've let go of the how and just saying this is where I want to go I have no idea how I'm going to get there but it's fine other people have done it so I can do it. I found that things stop falling into place. Yeah, well, that's flow, isn't it? And that's where the magic is. I'm exactly the same with mother kind. Yeah. I just sort of said, I want to do this. And then the doors, and I never could have planned what happens. I mean, it's bonkers, really, isn't it? (laughs) It's brilliant. I quite like it. So with mums, a lot of the mums that I chat to have been in jobs, you know, they're okay, they don't love them, then they have children. And I think having children is such a natural time for inner work reflection yeah transition on a I guess on a higher level but also just on a really practical level a lot of those jobs just don't work, work. so if a mum came to you and with exactly that scenario mm. can you tell everyone what are the steps that you would take someone through to get yeah. them from that place of hating that job not working a lot of mums work to pay for the childcare. exactly Tell us your process and let's help everyone listening. Okay. (laughs) So step one, which actually applies to everyone, is exactly what we just discussed, clarity. I literally say, if you don't know where you're going, there's no point. You're just going to be whipping your tail in circles and you're worrying about things that aren't going to happen and you don't even know where you want to go. So it's just getting clear on, as we said, the what, what does success look like to you and why? Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to make the change? Then once you've got that, it's then drilling down again. Don't worry about childcare. Don't worry about money. Just leave all that to one side and just look at putting your plan into action in terms of formulating this dream scenario. It's looking at things like your values, what matters to you, and then what are your likes, what are your dislikes, what are your skills, what do you enjoy doing, what do you hate doing, and just look at all your old jobs. What is the thread that connects Mm. them in terms of what did you love in each of them? What did you hate in each of them? Do you think, because there's a lot of talk about purpose, find your purpose. I actually find that quite unhelpful. And it's stressful and puts pressure on you. It's quite stressful. It's like, I don't know my purpose. What's my purpose? Whereas actually, I think that's true. It's just maybe passion. Like, what are you interested in? Some people say they don't know what their passions are, though. What would that person do? Well, two things. First of all, what is it that gets you riled up? If you're at a dinner party and someone says something, you're like, oh, and you can't help it. And you just have to get into sort of ranty mode. It's that. What is that thing? Because that's something that you want to do something about and it actually triggers something in you and you need that drive. And that's what passion's all about. It's that drive that's out of your control. You know you should behave at the dinner party, but you're like, I have to have my rant. So that's one thing. The other thing is what do people naturally go to you for in your friendship group? Do you know what I mean? There's someone who's the problem solver. There's someone who's the listener. There's someone who's the... What do people keep coming to you for? Because that's what you'll naturally get at and you probably don't have a clue. And the big thing at the moment is getting paid for what you love because that's the ultimate goal like it's not a job if you're just doing it it's natural and you're getting money for it yeah I think those are the two things that you should ask yourself first and foremost yeah that's really great advice and then just to go back to stage one sorry Sorry, (laughs) bear with me guys because I wanted to ask about fear and dreaming small because in my experience most people dream too small yeah is that your experience yeah, too? Yeah, and that's what keeps them at the level they are at. People think that people who are doing really well are at a different level to them or they've had yeah. some divine intervention. Yeah, they're not. Rubbish. It's just they, there's no limit. There's no ceiling for them. They just dream big and do it. And if they fall a bit short, guess what? You're still doing amazing so things So how anyway. do you get people out of that small-minded thinking? This is really bad. So everyone talks about, I think it's Mel Robbins and her five-second rule. Yeah. I haven't read the book, 
But when I keep you hearing don't need about to read it, the book. Okay. it talks about the five second rule. It's just taking action. Pages. I thought yeah. I figured, and that's yeah. what works I've read for me. it. Okay. I mean, <laughs> no offense, Mel Robbins. Yeah, she's great, but you don't need to read the book. <laughs> but it's that. It's taking action. It's what's the worst that can happen? Because literally, okay, you dream big, you don't get it. What's the worst that can happen? You're exactly where you are now. Honestly, it's just don't question yourself. Whatever you want to do, put it down there. Don't overthink it. Don't get stuck in the how, because that's where the overwhelm comes. That's where the fear comes. It should be more complicated, but it's not. It's just don't overthink it and just aim as high as you possibly can and then seek support. You don't have to do it on your own. That's where the overwhelm part, you know, the how, because it's how am I going to do all of this? How am I going to get there? I don't know anyone. I don't know. You can find people to help you. What about self-belief and self-confidence? Because a lot of mums, if they've not worked for a few years... Or they've just had a baby. And I know when I just had Jessie and I was starting to think a bit about mother kind, I was like, oh, I just felt so exhausted. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just start on Instagram. I mean, that was the level of my ambition to start with. So how do you help someone get that level of self-belief and confidence to even fathom dreaming big? That can feel like such a big leap, can't it? Yeah, definitely. I'd say there are two aspects to that. And the first one is playing to your strengths. It's almost like you said about the Instagram thing. You almost want to start with something that you can do, you enjoy. It's not a big drama. And it shows you that you can do that thing. I feel like confidence is something we're all building on a daily basis. And even the most confident person is still unsure of themselves in certain scenarios. So no one's ever going to be 100% confident. But Don't wait until you feel confident. Exactly. It's yeah. a learned thing because when you do it, you think, oh my God, I didn't think I could do this. I've done it. What's the next step? And the more things start working out for you, the more you realize things work out for me more than they don't. And it's getting out of that. Whereas if you are lacking that confidence and you don't even try, you bind to that belief that things don't work out for me, I can't do it. I'm just not going to bother. So yeah, start small and start with something you're really good at already. So I took you back to step one and then we did step two. Yes. And what's step three? So you've gotten clear on what you want to do. You've gotten clear on what this dream scenario looks like. And you've got your list of all of your values, your interests, etc. And I've done a vision board. Yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah. Then you prioritise that. Because I talk about top five non-negotiables and then the bottom five. So what are the things that you absolutely want nothing to do with ever in your work? And what are the five things that have to be there? And that could be money, that could be time with your kids, that could be having weekends, there's no overtime, there's no crazy hours. It could be having it on your own terms, whereby you are your own boss, whatever it is, you have that and that's what you focus on because it's easy to then get distracted when you move on to the next stage, which is starting to look at your options because that's when temptation falls in. I've noticed when you're on your path, things that you used to want that don't work for you anymore suddenly start gravitating towards you and you might get an offer for an amazing job that actually you're working 80 hours a week and that doesn't work with what you said was your so often happens doesn't it have you read joseph campbell i have not so he talks about the hero's journey it's fascinating i would really recommend it and that's exactly what happens is that as you're closest to your new goal temptation comes in to challenge your resolve and challenge how much you really want exactly and i do that these days i'm always like it's a test it's It's the dream job from 10 years ago is tempting me now just look away it's a test yeah so don't get distracted and then it's about lining up so i say the three ways you can make this change there's the start from scratch and go and find a new job in a new field retrain etc there is creating your own job, which is where you bring in all these values and you say, what do I like to do? And then you work it out from there. And then the other stage is moving from where you are already laterally. So if you've been on maternity leave, for example, and you're going back to your job, and I can't think of a good example. Let's say you are a paralegal. Yeah. And, you know, let's not say you're a paralegal. 
I need, I'm thinking of a job in a big firm where there are other avenues that you can iron. Okay, and so you maybe you're in marketing in a corporate company. Exactly. And they have a, their advertising team, for example, and they do graphic design in there. And you think, I'd quite like graphic design. It's moving laterally and tapping into that. You've gone back to work and it's just keeping your eye out for opportunities, getting involved in little projects as they come up, taking advantage of that training budgets and doing online courses in that because you're already in that place and it's a great place to make your transition without having to go back to the bottom and take a massive pay cut. Yeah, because that's what I wanted to talk to you about because I think that's, I mean, I don't know, I imagine a lot of resistance it does when I talk to mums and fear comes up because childcare is so expensive. So sometimes it can feel like a double whammy where our old jobs don't work as mums often and yet in order to free us up the time and the space to create something new, we have to create this washes of cash so that someone if we're not lucky enough to have friends and family to look after the children how on earth do we navigate that what can we do to make that transition period easier easier yeah so that's the thing I was trying to explain we call it leapfrogging it's not ripping up the rule books and saying right I'm going to retrain I've got to find nine grand to go do a degree I've got to find money for childcare while I'm doing the degree etc it's capitalizing on both your network and the opportunities you have within whatever role you're in at the moment. The only time I say that doesn't work is if you're in a horrendous role and you just need to get away from that company. If you can tolerate it and there are opportunities, especially, as I said, if there are training, you know, people don't realise that so many companies have training budgets. You don't have to foot the bill for that and you can do it on your own time, online, you know, just like an hour each evening or something like that, whatever works for you. And you're just setting up your skill set and your little basket of tools So that when you are ready to move into something you want to do, you can, even if that's with another company, you've gotten that experience within your own company, or if that's setting up your own thing. If you want to go into graphic design, for example, and you've been able to do some training on your company's budget, if you want to start your own company, you already know what you're doing. You've already got a bit of portfolio. You're just set up in a much nicer position than if you have to just do it all on your own from scratch. Yeah, I think that's really smart. It's that black and white thinking, isn't it, that we want to avoid. It's not like... I've got to throw everything out and start again. It's how could you take tiny steps? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And I think also support groups. That's a big thing, especially if you're on your mum groups. The network there is amazing. I think people don't realise if you're talking just about the kids, you don't realise what other people do, what strengths they have, how you can both sort of mutually help each other. So, yeah, tap into your immediate network. Yeah. See who knows who, who's connected with what, who knows about what course, etc., and just take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. You're so right. On a play date, often you won't even mention what you do. And I make a really big effort now to not just talk about the kids and talk about what are your passions, what are you interested in, what have you... You know, some of the conversations are unbelievable mm. in the way we've been able to support each other. And yeah. it's so fascinating. Exactly. You've got some people teaming up. I can't remember her name now, but I met a really great woman and she was talking about how she met her business partner through a play date. And it was oh, that really? conversation they were both like, oh my God, we really want to do this. And then they did it. And I went, oh, okay, this is quite I think that happens useful. quite a lot because <laughs> yeah. you're in the same boat at the same time, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And you just join forces. Yeah. And you understand each other, as you said, because you yeah. understand the challenges is completely different to going to find, you know, some random 
founder for your company that's a lot younger, has no kids, wants to live a loose, fantasy kind of lifestyle. Yeah, that just wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's nice to have someone on your wavelength, definitely. So that's the process, or if we missed, I don't want to miss Ooh, a step yeah, no, the sorry, process. Yeah, I know, sorry, we're going all over the place. So if you know what you want to do, I think what's also important is research, research, research. So I oh, always okay. say a lot of us pick our careers based on what we know, and we don't realise we don't know a lot. There are hundreds and thousands of jobs out there, or career fields, whatever you want to call it. Most of us only know what our friends and family do, what we see on the TV, what we hear on the radio, that's it. So you pick your career based on that, which is insane. So I think it's really important to go out and research and just find out, especially now with digital tech exploding, so many new jobs Where are showing up. Where can people up. research? Honestly, just go online. Go onto job boards. Problem I hate with job boards is they make you pick a category. So you already narrow it down. But if you work in media, then look in tech, for example, look in health, just click in different sections and just look, what are these jobs? Look at the job description. What do they do? What does it pay? Like what cities are they centered around? And just start to understand that. I personally have no fear with reaching out to people on LinkedIn. I said, people think it's weird. I don't care. I will message people. I don't know. And I think I have about an 80% success rate. Do you? Yeah. They reply because they love it. When you say, I'd like to get your advice on this. They want to talk about themselves. And then that's what I've had random meetings I've even had job offers from randomly just emailing someone on LinkedIn to say oh can we chat and then it just grows yeah so I think that's a great thing sort of speaks to people I think that's a really good point that I don't want to miss is around just asking because so many of us you know me included I guess have that fear of oh god yeah yeah whereas actually what's the worst that can exactly. happen I was talking to a friend about this last night who wants to set up this blog and she was talking about reaching out to this big person in her field and I was like just reach out to her She'll either ignore you, say no, or you'll get a response. You know, there's nothing. But we have that fear often, don't we? Yeah, and that's, again, where the confidence comes in. Because once you do it, and you see, if they say no, it's not the end of the world. But a lot of the time, you will be really surprised they will say yes. Yeah. So yeah, ask for help. Pick people's brains. People hate that phrase. Can I pick your brains? I don't say, can I pick your brains? But I do say, I'd love to get your advice on this. You flatter them a bit. Yeah. how amazing they're yeah. doing yeah. and you know they're great in their field you'd love to get their and advice Instagram on it. is really good for oh, that as well yeah. I do that all the time on Instagram again some people think it's faux pas but I have no I think it's because I used to be a journalist and we you know if you want to get the story you get hold of that person however you can I yeah. will happily DM people most people are flattered like if people ever message me saying I love what you're doing I'm other kind I'm thinking of starting something you know I've had loads of chats with people yeah, exactly. no, I'm, I'm just flattered that someone you know, I look up to so many people and if someone's putting me in that position, I find that lovely. Of yeah. course I want to help because so many people have helped me. Yeah, exactly. So it's paying it forward, isn't it? Yeah. So something I would say in relation to that, that I think is really important, especially if you're looking for a traditional job rather than starting your own business, speaking to someone who's in that role but really doesn't like it. Only because when you only speak to people who love the job, you get the rose-tinted glasses perspective. When you speak to someone who just can't stand it, you find out the reality. And it's because for me, when I left careers, it was because the reality hit. And I it thought, sounds like it, like with CNN, where you said actually reality is you're surrounded by negativity. And exactly. Doom and you're day. crossing, you know, if someone goes missing, you're crossing your things and something bad has happened because if something good happens, the story gets junked. You don't know that till you get in there. Yeah. But if you speak to someone who's a little pessimistic, you start finding out, okay, this is a downside, this is a downside. Can I tolerate this? How much is my personality like this person I'm speaking to? If you both have the same temperament and they hate it, that's a clue that you may not love this dream job that you think you're going to love. Yeah, that's a good idea. So that's the next step, research. (laughs) Okay, so we've done our research. Then get on with it. Literally, it's making a plan. I think it's important to get support just to make sure that you're coming 
at this from the right place, whether that's a coach, whether that's family, whether that's friends, and to talk through it with someone yeah. and just make sure they understand what your viewpoint is and you get feedback from them in terms of how realistic is this? Yeah, am I romanticising this or not? So you've done these six careers, four yes. changes, is that right? Five changes, Five changes six, six careers, careers. Okay. yeah. Can you tell everyone the three things that you've learnt from doing those changes okay. that people could apply to their own situations? First thing is you don't have to start from scratch all the time. I did that a lot. I ended up with four degrees because I went back to uni. I said, I don't know anyone, so I'll get a degree and I'll start from the bottom. That's interesting. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Why did you feel the need to keep getting these? Was it that imposter syndrome It was thing? imposter syndrome and it was also, I don't know anyone. And at that stage, I wasn't brave in doing the LinkedIn thing yet. I thought I had to do it all on my own because I was clever and bright and resourceful. Okay. So you had a belief that you had to do it all by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and I had to have the piece of paper to validate my existence in that field yeah so interesting so unnecessary so that's my top tip unless you are becoming a lawyer or something that needs that degree or unless you just like to study you've got money you've got time then go ahead and do it but yeah, if you not don't many months have either exactly <laughs> <laughs> if you don't got really bags of time bags of dosh. i'm just gonna go and do another degree <laughs> So yeah, I'd say just bypass it. It's so unnecessary. You can learn so much on the job these days. Yeah. There are lots of training schemes. Yeah. And I do a lot of that on the website. Yeah. I'm very active but, about putting... But do we need to fix the imposter syndrome? Because to say to someone, you don't need that qualification, just go out and do it. Actually, that dialogue internally around, I'm yeah. not good enough, I don't know what I'm doing. How have you recovered from that? And how would you help other women yeah. recover from that? that's where talking to other people comes into play. It's the penny started dropping when I was in certain jobs that it had taken me a while to get to that level. And the person next to me said, oh, I have got GCSEs. And suddenly you went, hang on a minute, how did you do this? Oh, well, I did this, I did... Especially when I was in journalism. The more I started hearing that, I thought, I'm the idiot. Like, actually... Yeah, not can... many people have a degree in journalism. <laughs> you can do, do this on the job. You spent yeah. all that time and money. And they just came out of school and just got on with it. And then when it became an age factor, when I was getting towards 30... And I'd be worried. And I'd meet someone who's 40 who said, oh, yeah, I only started this last year. And you have a conversation and you start realising, I'm not alone. Mm. There are other ways to do this. And this is the thing we all together. Thanks for bringing up the age thing as well. Yes. So I think there's a Gosh, sense yes. that, yeah. you know, it's by the time you're 30, you need I'm to have old. it all sorted. <laughs> and you need to know what you want to do. And you bust that myth for yeah. us. <laughs> well, you absolutely do. I mean, the stats at the moment are that millennials change jobs eight times by the time they're 32. So first of all, you're in good company. If at 30, you don't know what you're doing. Secondly, we're all working a lot longer. You know, we're going to be retiring. God knows when. Yeah. It's not that realistic anymore to think that you're going to sit in the same job for 50, 60 years and grin and bear it and love it. Yeah, that's it's, the old model, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Now it's normal to move, to chop and change. It's the whole multi-potentialite movement. And yeah, I don't see why you'd stay in anything that doesn't fulfill you just because of your age why do people stay in jobs that don't fulfill them so we did a survey on this recently we spoke to i think 2000 millennials working in the uk and asked them that question because 73 percent of them said don't actually like the career i mean i'd love to change okay so why three quarters and i was outstanded by it so i thought you know well why are you staying in that if you don't want to and main reasons were starting from the bottom the money thing money yeah money is the biggest one isn't yeah. it again fear of failure and lack of confidence so it goes back to everything we've said. It's First of all, the practicality is I haven't got money and also I don't want to look like a beginner when I'm 40. Mm, I really get it. I think the thing that sometimes I just want to shake people is that once you've done it, you realise... So I was in big corporate jobs for like 10 years. Yeah. 
I hated it. I, I just didn't hate it. Just don't fulfil me. Yeah. Don't fulfil me. I didn't feel excited to wake up. I didn't feel excited to walk into the office. It wasn't my why. But I remember thinking, I just can't imagine what I would do, one. I can't imagine how I'm ever going to earn this level of money again. And then, of course, on the other side of all that fear, now I look back and think, I can't believe I had those fears. Within a month, I was earning more than I'd ever earned <laughs> as a consultant yeah. in marketing before I started. Yeah mother kind and it was just the best thing I ever did but I really get that fear yeah. of being sat with your medical insurance and your nice dinners out and your training budget as you were talking I really get that fear of making that leap mm. into something else yeah. but I just wish people knew what How was on the other would side be done it. exactly yeah definitely and again just talking to people getting out there getting a mentor that's really good. Yeah. Especially someone who how is... How do you get a mentor? Oh, see, this is when I, when I first left. I was frantic. I want a mentor. I want to go, how do you get a mentor? And I thought there was some magic program that someone matched you up. And now I realise it's very organic. Yeah. It's looking back at people you admire, people yeah. who've been in companies that you work... You might not have worked with them directly, but you saw them and you thought, they're great. They do really good work. Just go for happy people as well. They look like they like what they're doing and they like life. Yeah, go for joyful people. Exactly. Then do that coffee date. I think the word mentor doesn't help. I have people in my life who I wouldn't put that mentor label Label on. on. Because I think that brings with it. It's like, oh, I'm a a mentee. I'm your mentor. What on earth is this about? Like, do we have to do something? Like, (laughs) do we have to write a report? Like, I think it can feel... Whereas I think someone that you admire that's doing what you do maybe a few years ahead that you check in with. That's, yeah, call them whatever you want. Yeah, Yeah. just like a trusted... Role model or trusted... Yeah, whatever trusted trusted friend. Trusted advisor. Yeah, yeah, it's just having someone to speak to that's been there, done that, because yeah. they will reassure you the feelings you're having are completely normal. And sometimes you need someone to talk you down when you're having that fear. You need to check in with someone and they say, it's fine. It will all be fine. Yeah. And that's all you yeah. need to hear. Because that's what yeah. we all want. It's going to be okay. Promise me that. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Let's talk about fear. Fear is like the biggest. Yeah. What's been your experience of whew, fear? Fear. And what have you learned about fear? So personal experience was definitely, I mean, it comes over and over again, but quitting medicine was, this is the worst decision of your life. You're going to have no money. You're going to be, you know. Who was telling you that? (laughs) Don't name names. Everybody, even when I left my job as a doctor, I had to go for the psych evaluation. They wouldn't let me go. They thought it was so abnormal and I was going to be riddled with anxiety and regret. They sent me to the psychiatrist to evaluate me before they would accept my resignation letter. They thought it was so bizarre. So you have that aspect, then you've got I mean, your you've not trained for like seven years. Or this is what they would think. You're going to regret this. You're not thinking. Are you sure there's not something else going on in your life? Right. I'm saying, no, I'm fine. I'm, I've, you know, I haven't thought about this today. This has been going on for six years. I've just not spoke about it. Yeah. But so you had that kind of pressure of this is a terrible decision. Good luck. But you're going to go and do fashion. Like you're crazy. This is all going to go wrong. So there was that, like, oh my God, I'm going. And I left and I thought, oh my God, what if it goes wrong? What if it goes wrong? Then you've got well-meaning family and friends who a lot of mine come from medical background. That's all they know. So when I said, I'm not doing this anymore. There aren't any other jobs out there. There's no other way to make a living. This is te-. So you've got Evan Oster's baggage. Obviously, you want to make your parents mm. proud and all of that stuff. It's not been a smooth journey for me. As I said, I've changed a lot. Things have gone great. Things have gone horribly wrong. And when they're going wrong, I'm thinking, oh my God, how am I going to show my face ever again? You've made the biggest mistake of your life and it's all self-inflicted and it was all very unnecessary. All that dialogue has been going on. How have you changed that dialogue? 
by having people I look up to that have done similar things, it's been nice starting my own business because I'm around entrepreneurs now. Risk takers who it's not worked out, they've dusted their shoulders off, they've gone on with it. I see people who've done really well. I have my own mentor, <laughs> things like that. I just see people on a day-to-day basis that are doing well and I can check in with them and say, oh my God, it's all going horribly wrong. And they say, totally normal. I don't know if you've seen the memes of the life of an entrepreneur where it shows all the highs. I should print that out and stick that on my mirror or something. When it's all going wrong, I'm kind of like, it's fine. You're just in that part of the slope. It's fine. Tomorrow it's going to go up. Just chill out. And you've got, what, 40 working years ahead of you? There's loads of time to course correct if it all goes yeah. horribly wrong. Yeah. I actually think we've got, as a society, like I wanted to talk to you a bit more about those stats. I think we've got the whole idea of careers a bit upside oh, down yeah. well I mean obviously it comes from the industrial age doesn't it where we were and a lot of our schooling system is designed around that mm. you know don't get me on a rant about this but <laughs> around you know that we conform and we go into a job and it's a job for life and it's stable you know because post-war era that's what people needed yeah. they needed stability and I feel like we're in this totally different era now aren't mm. we totally different where digitalization has given us more freedom than we ever could have we can work from anywhere yeah. on anything i think that fear as you're saying other people's baggage because yeah. what is success and what is it going wrong like i sort of see is it possible for it to really go wrong because when you look at some of the most interesting successful vibrant people in the uk and even globally they've had disastrous times and that's what gives you the character, the strength, the wisdom. And sometimes it's that course correction post-disaster that puts you on the right path. With everything I've done, even where I am now, I don't need to go into background details, but sometimes I've been pushed into it. Something's had to go catastrophically wrong that I thought, oh my God, this is horrendous, that it's forced my hand and I've had to go and do this for yeah, myself. Yeah. You know, that's the backstory with starting this business. And now I'm grateful to the whole yeah. incident because yeah. I thought if it never happened I would never have well life shapes it. you to wake you that's yeah. one of my biggest beliefs yeah so I think if you're in something that isn't aligned to your higher self your passion I think something can quote unquote go wrong I'm not sure I believe in things going yeah. wrong I guess that's what I'm trying to get at it's more a dramatic it's about making plans and the plans not going to plan essentially that's when things go wrong this was the vision I had by 30 I was going to be married with two kids and I'd be the CEO of x y and z and guess what I'm not I'm doing an entry-level job because and then oh my god it's all wrong and it's not it's because you've placed this expectation on yourself and you probably vocalized it to other people you mm. see other people doing that thing and you think well I'm not doing it too so there's something wrong with me yeah and that's exactly. that's Whereas a actually there's something right with you because yeah. you're following your, your own, own heart exactly. you're following your own why as we were talking about yeah yeah right at the start and I think you only gave one lesson sorry I've just realized I do that all the time I'm like can <laughs> like, you give three tips and then, and, the then, and then and yeah. <laughs> then so I asked three tips and I think you gave one which is around you don't have to do it all at once three tips of my memory of, is around, around around having made all these changes okay yes yeah, sorry yeah gosh we have gone yeah, sorry, sorry. okay so what did I say you don't have to go to uni yeah exactly surround yourself with people on your wavelength because yeah. People who are in a completely different headspace will talk you out of it and you will stay stuck the minute you move away from them and you just start hanging around. That's why it's important. I love that. It's true. Because Don't then, absorb other people's yeah, fears. Just go to the, your own level. Everyone, it's like separate. I have rubbish with analogies, but it's when you separate, is it like 
flour or I don't know, Oil whatever. water. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but everyone settles at the level that is right for them. And it's not that you're better or worse than anyone else. It's just you're in a different place in life and you're in a different headspace or different vibrational energy, whatever you want to call it. You need to be around people who are at that same level because then you support each other and it's this big, nice, synergistic mix rather than oil and water and you're fighting with other people because it's that whole thing about, I don't want to say bad apples because it sounds like something wrong with everyone else. But if everyone else is saying one thing and you will absorb the negativity. Like you when the... you left medicine. Yeah, and I've had it in other, when I've left yeah. other fields. It's, eh, what yeah. are you doing? And you, it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just have to say, it's been great. <laughs> I'm going over here now with these people. Yeah. And it's a supportive atmosphere. I think that's really good advice, especially yeah. if people are in that role, in that job, in that career that isn't working for you. Some people try and keep you there so they don't have to look at their own stuff. Yes, exactly. So third thing I'm trying to stay on trying to stay yeah, on let's track get this third one out third one third <laughs> a piece of advice so yeah surround yourself with people don't have to go back to the start and do your homework do your homework not just in terms of finding a career but in terms of support looking back there was so many grants bursaries programs I knew nothing about until after I left and I thought I didn't know you could get x amount of money for retraining at 30 no one told me anything about that you know i learned loads of stuff about the princess trust when i turned 31 and i was like oh my god i had so many of you know they do so much supporting people young people if you're under 30 for example if you're starting businesses and i only found that out when i tipped over the scale which was very annoying so just do your research about apprenticeships shadowing opportunities just everything and anything and again the loads of communities now for motherhood and things like that yeah. so what's out there for mums are there awards? Are there programs? Just, yeah, tap into all of it. I think that's really, really good advice. And how do people, if they're just like, oh my God, I love this, how do they find out more? So it's The Ambition Plan. Oh, yeah, so it's The Ambition Plan. Website, theambitionplan.com. Yep. What events have you so got coming up? So we have our Breaking Into Media event. That's for career changers who want to launch a career in journalism, TV, radio production, magazines all of that stuff and you are where I was where you say I don't know anyone I have no skills how am I going to get a job I can't afford to retrain then come down London 3rd of October we have Grace Dent and wow. Forest Store and wow. Cosmo who are going to okay. be candidly speaking about how they worked their amazing careers how they got to where they are and what you should do what they'd be looking for in terms of if you were trying to get into the industry now so it's about and that's, not, that's on the website it's all on the website yeah okay. So that's first and second, and we're hoping to do a series of five where we'll be looking at all the different creative industries. So, you know, if you're not into media, watch this space. And they're be in the evening, so mums could come. Yeah, Wednesday okay. evenings, this one. Yeah, Great. exactly. Great. And um, at the end of every podcast, I always ask the same question. And normally I tell people, but I haven't told you. So, okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot, which is if you could give one gift to all the mums in the world, what would you give them and why? not a physical gift is it it can be it can be physical it can be confidence self-love it can be anything i was going to say confidence it's not even months it's for everybody because yeah. it's the biggest dream killer and it's so sad to see someone with so much potential not doing it because they think they can't there's nothing different about you compared to whoever you idolize that person just had more confidence and went for it so that would be just it. Just go for it. Do it. What positive note to end on. <laughs> just go for it. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it. 
Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please do leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. If you were listening to that episode, thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about, then just tag them in on Instagram. My bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there. People often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends. So if that's you, then please do. I feel like the guests that we have on the podcast, their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide. So help me make that happen. I'd be very grateful. And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also, just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my programme, which is a three-month programme called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.